You are listening to Paths, a program by LGBT Tech. Paths works to create visibility of LGBTQ plus STEAM professionals and their experiences in order to build space for future generations of community members to pursue their passions in STEAM. My name is Kristen Kelly. This episode of Paths is brought to you by LGBT Tech. Today we are joined by Kimberly Ayers, Assistant Professor of Mathematics at California State University, San Marcos. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I'm so excited to have you. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you and hear your story, and we're really happy that you're able to participate in the PATHS program. Um, Could you just start by introducing yourself and please include your pronouns and also your profession? Yeah, uh, my name is Dr. Kimberly Ayers. Um, I use she, her pronouns. I am an assistant professor of mathematics at Cal State San Marcos, which is about half an hour north of San Diego. So I identify as um, a bisexual woman. I'm a cisgender woman. Um, I am also uh, an Asian American woman. I am. My mother is Korean um, and originally from Korea. My father is Caucasian. Um, and I think all of those aspects of my identity um, are just really important to me. You know, wherever I go, especially when I do mathematics. So. Yeah. So do you think that you could talk a little bit about um, like at what point in your life did you start understanding yourself as part of the LGBTQ plus community and what that looked like for you? What was kind of your journey into understanding your queerness? Yeah, it was it was a long journey, honestly. Um, I first started feeling that I might be a little bit different um, come like middle school, you know, when I was like 12, 13. Um and I was terrified at the time. I, I, I remember tossing and turning and staying up late at night and, and I had a lot of anxiety about it. And I was like, cause, cause when you're that age and especially kind of, I think, you know, 20 years ago, it was, it was much less like openly discussed at the time. The last thing that I wanted to be was different. Right. I wanted to, especially I think moving around so much, I was so used to desperately trying to fit in. And I was like, there can't be anything about me that's kind of like weird or different or strange. And so I remember telling myself that I was just going to like suppress that aspect of myself and that I was not going to acknowledge it, not going to tell anybody. It would be like my shameful secret. And um, I would, for all intents and purposes, move through the world as like a cishet person. Um, and that strategy served me for a long time. Um, it wasn't until I got to graduate school when I met more people, especially queer people in my graduate program who were also studying mathematics, other queer graduate students in other areas of science, um, that I started to think that maybe it might be okay for me to to openly come out and talk about myself as queer. And so I kind of, I remember I kind of like tested the waters a little bit with my friends, like, like, oh, if I were queer, if I were, you know, if I were bisexual, just to see kind of how my friends would react. And then when I saw it really was a non-issue and I saw I had like other bisexual or queer friends who were like welcomed and accepted um, was when I felt that it was not only okay, but important for me to come out. It felt like such a relief that to finally be authentic and finally talk about this thing that I had been holding as such a shameful secret for so long. 
So, um, and it's still, you know, coming out is still an, like, it's, it's a lifelong process, right? It's not something that happens just once, especially as I've gone through my career and I've started new jobs and I've moved. Um, and as I meet new people, right, I am continuously coming out. And so, you know, it's something that I still am, am doing and something I'm still working on um, and interrogating, you know, thinking about my queerness, thinking about my identity. Um, you mentioned that you realized how important it was for you to come out. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Like, I know you mentioned how important it was for you to see others who were coming out and who were like embracing their queerness, but why did you feel like it was important for you to do the same? Um, When I finally came out, I was towards the end of my graduate program. So I was, you know, in my fourth or fifth years of my PhD. Um, And so I could see myself starting to be more of a role model for a lot of the younger graduate students. Um, And I wanted to send that message that it was okay and accepted to be queer in our program. Um, You know, if someone was struggling with their identity or their sexuality, I wanted to make sure that they knew they had not just an ally, but like that there was one of them in the program as well. Right. And I think because of like my internalized homophobia for a long time, I didn't really want to actually name put like put a label on what exactly I was experiencing and how I was identifying. I, I, I remember I used the phrase for a long time, like, I don't want to label my sexuality. Um, thinking I could kind of get away with that. But, you know, I think when you name something, it gives it power, right? Um, and so I finally realized that it was important for me to just call it like it was and, and, and say what it was and have that be something that could be out there. Yeah. That is really important. I would agree with that. And I'm sure that that was like really important for a lot of um, younger people in the program to to have you as a role model there and to, to have that space that you were building. Switching gears a little bit, if you could explain your profession to somebody who had never heard of it before, how would you explain what you do? Well, being a professor as most people know, does include teaching, right? Um, I teach several classes each semester, but there's so much more to being a professor than just the teaching aspect. Um, I also do my own research. Um, and sometimes that research is, is with students and sometimes um, it's on my own or with other colleagues. Um, I also do a lot of service within the profession to kind of help mathematics as a discipline grow. So whether that means I get involved with like professional societies or um, do advocacy work, I'm really passionate about, you know, making math accessible to, to everybody. And so a lot of the work that I do, both in the teaching and like service aspects of my career, um, kind of involve stuff along that those lines. Do you remember like where your interest in math began and how you decided to pursue that educational and career path? Yeah, um, I'd always, um, well, I don't think I actually started off very good at math. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, um, I, I had to take like a math placement exam and I did poor, I did terribly on it. And, um, and I remember I kind of at that time, like got this like, oh, well, I guess I'm not very good at math. Um, but then as I continued and I, in, in you know, in school, um, like my sisters and I always loved doing like logic puzzles growing up. 
Um, we always used to like give each other puzzles or like little number games to play. And I didn't really connect the dots that, that what we were doing was math because it looked so different from what I was doing in school um, that I don't think I realized that that was math. Like that was a mathematical way of thinking. And then I got, I got pretty into math in high school um, not because I thought it was super interesting at the time. Again, I didn't really know like what math looked like at a higher level, but like I was pretty good at like following instructions and, and following the algorithms and getting the right answer. And I remember when I graduated high school, my high school math teacher said to me, he was like, you're going to, you're going to major in math. Right. And I was like, well, yeah, what else would I major in? Um, but then when I got to college and, you know, I was, I was very cocky when I got to college, like I had won the math award at my high school and I had helped to start like the high school math team. <laughs> um, and so I was kind of pretty full of myself. And then that first college math class that I took was so difficult for me. I remember I used to come home and do the homework and I'd, I'd open up and I'd look at the problems and I wouldn't even know how to begin a single problem. And I remember like a lot of tears were shed over that. And I was like, I get it. You know, people, this is why people say math is hard. Like I get it now. <laughs> um, and so after that, I was like, okay, I'm not going to major in math anymore. I'm going to major in biology or biochemistry or something but for that major I had to take another semester of math so I was like fine one more semester of math and then that's it I'm done with math um and that next class that I had to take was multivariable calculus um and that is where I sort of started to get my the joy of math back but I my math career was very much like it, it it had these ups and downs where I'd like take classes and really love them. And then I'd take a class that was so hard for me and I would bounce back and forth between this like ecstatic elation of math and like this just like deep despair. There was, it was just, there were times and I feel like math to this day is still like that for me. Like when you get the answer, you're on top of the mountain and you're just like, everything is great and it all makes sense and it feels wonderful. But when you're struggling with it, you're just like in this like deep, dark pit of despair and it just seems so difficult. And, and I think to this day, I tell myself, like, it's, it's a matter of confidence for me to stick with it. I just have to be confident that if I stick with it long enough, I'll eventually get through it. What is it that you love about math? What about math like gives you that joy? Is that something that you can like describe in some way? <laughs> it's hard to describe really. It's such a high. Um, when you write, it's, it's, so I do what's called applied mathematics, um, which is math kind of as applied to real world, world problems. So an example I can give is, um, as I mentioned earlier, I taught differential equations this past semester, and that's where we model, again, we use these ideas to model real world situations and phenomena. One of the things we studied in that class are what are called SIR models. Um, and SIR models are a way of studying infectious diseases. Now, as you can imagine, that's pretty relevant these days. Um, and so when we, when we went through these models in class, it was really interesting to see how we could include aspects in the model of things like public health measures and social distancing and vaccinations and seeing like 
mathematically what the impacts and ramifications of those things are. Um, and I was like, here's how we translate these things mathematically. And here's what the math shows us is the impact of these things. Um, and just being able to see that, like, you know, proving these things beyond and looking at these things beyond any sort of like political agenda or bias, but seeing that, oh, when we do social distance or when we have higher vaccination rates, you know, it's beneficial for the entire community. Um, and seeing those numbers there like translated and on the page, um, it just, it, it's just a really good feeling to know like, to see it like laid out so nicely and neatly, I think. I don't know if I'm describing it well, but that I think my students really appreciated like seeing that. Um, and I thought that was a really cool like application of the math. What has your experience been um, as a queer person in the math space, whether that's been in workplaces or like in the in academia or whatever spaces you've kind of been in that have been um, math or STEAM focused? Like maybe you can also talk about um, your experience like as a woman in those spaces and the Asian American person in those spaces as well. Talk about any parts of your identity that you would like to reflect on there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel really fortunate that um, I have, for the most part, been in spaces where all my the various aspects of my identity have been really celebrated. Um, for instance, um, I here at Cal State San Marcos, like I feel like my department and the administration is super supportive of like the advocacy work that I do, um, and really encouraging me to kind of continue with that. So I um, I am the faculty advisor for our our AWM student chapter. AWM stands for the Association of Women or for Women in Math. Um, and it's a nationwide organization, but there are, you know, student chapters at different universities. Um, I'm also helping to get our, our OSTEM cha student chapter launched. So that's out in STEM, again, a nationwide organization. Those parts of my job are, are, are in fact considered like a part of my job and a part of the service that I do, um, and are really, you know, I'm like rewarded for, for doing these things. So I feel really, really supported and fortunate in that aspect um, of my career here. Um, I know, you know, I know that's not a universal experience. I know that there are places where, um, you know, it's frowned upon or discouraged to talk about your identity. Um, and I think that math has this reputation of being this like cold, hard and feeling subject and like math doesn't care about your feelings. Math doesn't care about who you are. And to an extent, I think that's true. Like I, you know, that I believe that everybody can and should do math if they want to. Um, and so like math doesn't care who you are kind of in that aspect. But but we still like when we sit down to do mathematics, we still bring our identities everywhere we go. Right. There's no way for me to dissociate from the fact that I'm, you know, a queer Asian woman. Um, I can't forget that. I, it's not something that I can leave at the door. Um, and, you know, I, I say this all the time. I'm like, math is a subject that's studied by human beings and is impacted by our relationships with other human beings. And so... I just think it's so important that we continue to talk about like how we treat other people and how we 
work with our identities within the mathematical sciences. Um, by not doing that, we're actively excluding anybody who might be might be other, right? Anybody who might not be white or or um, cisgender or you know male, anyone who might be a little bit on the outside. Um, and that's just you know, <laughs> I think it's such a waste, and I think it's so sad. Um, to, to not do that. And so I am um, actively try, you know, I try to talk about myself. I try to um, listen to other people and their experiences. Um, I think that's so important to do in mathematics, because if we continue to act as if math doesn't have, um, you know, a diversity and equity and inclusivity problem, all we do is reinforce what has been the default for so long. Um, and that is to the detriment of so many people who might want to study mathematics. Why do you think it's important for queer people to be in math in terms of like um, how how math is shaped? Like why, are, you know, for example, like why are we doing math? What are what problems is math helping us to solve in the world? Like why is it important for queer people to pursue math? I think I mean, I think it's super critical um, because one thing that I've learned um, the more that I study math is that there's no like just one right, correct way to do things. Oftentimes a problem has so many different angles and perspectives and ways that you can look at it. Um, and, and each person with their whole lived experience brings a new perspective to it. Right. And so if we just have the same type of person studying mathematics, then we're only approaching the problem from just that one way. And there might be so many elements um, that we miss um, in doing that. And I, you know, I think about how um, if we think about like math history, um, a lot of times when people think of math, math history, they think of, you know, um, European men studying math, but but we know that a lot of mathematical concepts have been studied by civilizations going back all over the globe, going back, you know, centuries and millennia, um, and to see how each group of people might have put their own spin on a problem um, tells us so much more about that problem, right? And introduces us to variables and things that we might not have considered, especially in something like mathematical modeling, which is so directly applicable to, to a real world situation, you need people from all walks of life to come in and chime in with their own perspective, because there might be things within the model that somebody is missing. I'm, I'm struggling to think of an exact example right now. But I know like if I were building a model that was representing, you know, again, something like infectious disease spread within a community, I would want the perspective of many different people within that community and how they interact with each other. And, you know, whether it's like something like, oh, maybe I have a multi-generational household versus um, like a single person living alone, those are two different ways of living. And, and having those two different aspects in my model is going to, is going to impact, you know, the, the accuracy of my model. And so having people, especially, you know, queer people, people of color, um, people of all different genders and gender identities coming and working on these problems together just brings all of these different perspectives um, to solving problems in in new and unique ways that maybe hadn't been considered before. Uh, so I think it's just so vital that we get all different types of people who want to study um, 
and be successful in math. What advice would you give to your younger self? And what advice would you give to um, LGBTQ plus individuals who are interested in getting into math, but maybe don't know where to start or don't know like what space is available to them? Oh gosh, if I could talk to my younger self, there's so many things I would tell her. I would tell her, you know, that she doesn't need to be ashamed of, of who she is. Um, I wish I could go back and show that 13 year old me who had been, who was so scared. Um, gosh, she would just die if she knew <laughs> like how, how much I talk about, about stuff like this now. Um, but to tell her like, you are going to be, you were loved and accepted and um, you can be exactly who you are and be proud of that. And it's not something to be ashamed of. Um, and I know like it takes some time to come to acceptance with that, but just know that like there are people out there who will love and embrace you for exactly who you are. Um, and for other young queer people who are thinking maybe they want to study mathematics, um, I mean, I just want to tell you, like, I, I think I'm living proof that, that you can do it. Um, and to really try to seek out like people and mentors who are going to lift you up right? There's so many people out there, I think, who are going to tell you, like, you won't be successful, you can't do it. I know it's really easy to focus on those voices. I do it. I always focus on, like, the negative voices, the people who've told me that I won't be able to do it. But to really try to seek out those people who are going to aid you in your success, right? Instead of telling you you can't do it. And so I feel really fortunate that I've had these mentors, um, who've lifted me up, right? Who have, have believed in me, you know, my, my graduate PhD advisor, um, people I work with today, um, you know, my, my postdoc mentor, um, all of these people have just been so supportive and believing in me. And so try to find those voices if you can. And to others, I think those, you know, we need to tell people, those are the voices that we need to amplify and uplift, right? Are the ones that are telling people that they can do it. The internet is is a multitude of things um but one thing that it has done for me is is it's allowed me to connect with a bunch of people throughout the country and the globe um who are other queer mathematicians um and so you know i think there are really welcoming spaces there i gotta give a little shout out to math twitter math twitter is um, I mean, obviously, you know, there's discourse as, as everywhere else, but um, I think the math Twitter is a really, for the most part, a really wonderful place of really a lot of young, queer, welcoming people um, talking about themselves in mathematics. Um, and so I just want to give them a shout out because they've been really instrumental for me to build a community. Um, so even if you can't find it, like maybe physically where you are, you can still like get online and find those people who are going to believe in you and support you. To learn more about the PATHS program and how to get involved, visit our website at www.lgbttech.org paths.